We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show here for week six on Roto-Grinders with my good friends, Mr. Scott Barrett and Tyler Beaker. Uh, Tyler, what's up, my man? Week five, another good week uh, for me. Uh, cash games, made some money in tournaments as well. Uh, I got to say, it's a pretty good NFL season I got going so far for myself. Yeah, it's flying by when you win money. Uh, it's, yeah. It's definitely a good way to start the year. Um, definitely think uh, week five went about as expected. I think the James Conner leverage play on all the Pittsburgh passing attack that was heavily touted uh, was a great way to go. He ended up scoring 35-plus points. Um, and then all the shootouts that we anticipated uh, getting up there and score ended up shooting out. So it's a pretty chalky week. Uh, we'll talk about that jersey behind you as the show progresses, by the way. Uh, Scott, uh, how's it going, my man? It's good. I don't know. That's it? All right. Scott's, yeah. got, Scott's got so many dank stats for us. He's, he's going to talk a lot about James Winston and uh, a lot of Buccaneers as we get into this one. But uh, uh, I guess we're going to have a, a, a fun-filled show, uh, lots of good information. Uh, I think we should just kind of jump right into it here. So let's start at quarterback. If you guys have been listening, this is what we do here. We give you a stud, uh, a value player, and a dud at each of the positions using a lot of the pro football focus stats that they have on their site. We do some screen shares of some of the stuff behind their paywall, talk about Scott's actual opportunity, all kinds of fun stuff they have going on over there at PFF, backed up um, by two really good uh, analysts that they have here uh, with Scott and Tyler. So, uh, Tyler, I'm going to start with you at quarterback. Uh, We've got this huge total game uh, with Atlanta this week. You know, I'm looking at Matt Ryan. He's 6,800. I see Jameis Winston sitting here at 5,800. I just said pre-show. Uh, Jameis Winston's going to be the chalkiest quarterback of the season uh, in both cash games and tournaments. Um, but if you're looking to spend up, differentiate a little bit, uh, how can you go wrong with Matt Ryan against this Tampa Bay defense? Yeah, I mean, we've been targeting this Tampa Bay secondary heavily to start the year. And I'm going back to the well here with Ryan. Great home matchup here with the Falcons implied for the most points on the main slate. The Buccaneers are allowing, on average, 370 passing yards and 3.3 passing touchdowns. Wait, does that mean defense matters? Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's, um, well, it certainly doesn't matter when you're Mitch Trubisky and you can throw six touchdowns against the, uh, this defense here by the Tampa Bay. Um, the secondary can't cover anyone. Ryan is someone we should, uh, t- heavily target this week in GPPs. Yeah. At home, uh, full allotment of weapons. Although we do have Devante Freeman popped up on the injury report today. I don't know if that really means a lot for Matt Ryan. Probably not too much. I uh, got a lot of weapons. Sanu's in there. Um, just a, a whole whole lot of stuff going on there for Matt Ryan. I uh, love the call. He is the most expensive quarterback. Uh, Scott, you agree with this? Is Matt Ryan, if, if we're paying up, I, I know you're going to talk Jameis at your at like every single spot. You're going to talk about him at wide receiver. You're going to talk about him at running back as well. Uh, but if we're paying up a little bit, do you agree with the Matt Ryan take? Yeah, so I I think I'm going to have Jameis Winston as my quarterback on every single lineup. Uh, I wrote a note to myself uh, two weeks ago, all in on Jameis Winston and Cameron Brait and Julio Jones in week six, uh, no matter what. So no matter what, Uh, but maybe a few lineups for for Matt Ryan. Uh, Like like Tyler just said, Tampa Bay's defense is, is worst in the league this year, but not just that, they're historically bad. They're on pace to set all decade record lows uh, or record highs in passing yards per game allowed, passing touchdowns per game allowed, opposing passer rating. Uh, Matt Ryan, you know, he disappointed in weeks one and five, um, but he was on the road 
uh, and then he played three home games in between. And over that span, he averaged 33.4 fantasy points per game. It was one of the highest scoring three-week stretches in the history of the NFL. And, well, he's at home again this week. Uh, against Tampa Bay, yes. Yeah. So you can't go wrong on that, Ryan. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Jameis Winston here. So he's coming back, uh, has the bye week to reacclimate himself, has a variety of weapons here. He's your stud. He's your value play. Uh, I already said at the top of the show, easily he's going to be the highest owned quarterback that we've seen in cash games and especially in tournaments this year. Uh, I haven't really figured out how I'm going to approach that from a tournament perspective because the high owned quarterbacks really haven't done it at all this week. Uh, the, the top tens uh, from my article that I do here at Roto-Grinders are just littered with like one and 2% on quarterbacks every single week. Uh, so I got to figure out how I'm going to do that. Um, but 5,800 for Jameis Winston. If Jameis Winston, you know, what, 60, if he was priced as Matt Ryan, who would you take in the, in the matchup here? Scott? Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably split it close to even, maybe a little bit more Matt Ryan, but, but that's definitely a focal point is, is how cheap he is. Uh, but even just in terms of my projections, I, it's close. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Winston averaged 19.9 fantasy points per game when he played on at least 50% of his team's snaps last year. Uh, that would have ranked fourth best among all quarterbacks. 306.9 yards per game. That would have led the position by 20 yards per game. Uh, you know, career journeyman pedestrian backup Ryan Fitzpatrick, he totaled 97.4 fantasy points per game across the first three weeks of the season with his new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, that that was the most by any quarterback through the first three weeks of a season ever. And what has Jameis done with, with Monken? We don't really know yet, or, or do we? We saw what he did in preseason, and guess what? He was PFF's highest-rated quarterback this preseason, 30 for 41, 388 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And the matchup is ideal for what should be a high-scoring shootout. Tampa Bay has no running game to speak of. Their defense has surrendered 80% of its yards via the pass, Definitely a pass funnel. Devonta Freeman also is probably out for Atlanta. Both teams rank bottom six in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Tampa Bay ranks dead last in opposing pass rating. Atlanta ranks seventh worst. Both rank bottom four in fantasy points per drop back allowed. Both offenses rank top 10 in pace neutral pass percentage. And uh, my favorite defensive stat, Falcons rank dead last in points allowed per drive. And the Buccaneers rank second worst. It's just a dream matchup for a guy who's, you know, a lot, set up a lot better than most people realize. Um, I'm not going to overthink this. I'm just going to play him. All right. If, if you didn't need your microphone for the rest of the podcast, I'd tell you to drop it, right? Because <laughs> you just listed off so many of those dang stats uh, that I think I, I lost track of them all here. But yes, uh, Jameis Winston, play them guys. He's going to be extremely popular um, for cash games. Use them. Tournaments, uh, you should probably have some. Uh, unless you're kind of like an ownership person like me, you got to think about it a little bit. I play a wide field, uh, but I absolutely love Winston. So, uh, Tyler, you can't say Jameis Winston. Well, you can, but I'm you, I'm going to force you to take uh, the hard way out here. The problem I'm having is you just look at the field and the value around Winston just simply doesn't look as good. You can play a guy like Cam Newton, but I like Cam Newton a little earlier in the week. We'll talk about Pat Thorman's article. I don't know. I've soured on Cam Newton a little bit. You've got Jared Goff, who you're going to talk about here. Maybe he doesn't have all of his weapons. Russell Wilson's not running. Phillip Rivers is going up against a tough defense on the road. Blake Bortles, garbage time against Dallas. I mean, it could happen, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Baker is probably the one guy I'm interested in a little bit. 
Um, but the value outside of Winston just res- doesn't really look too good. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Baker's probably the lowest I'd be willing to go, but I like Jared Goff here if you're looking for kind of a median output. Uh, a guy that has um, a really good matchup here against Denver. Three quarterbacks have played them to start the year in Denver. Uh, they've each averaged just a tick under 300 passing yards, flirting with that three-point bonus with two of those three quarterbacks throwing for multiple touchdowns. Uh, the Rams offense has been playing lights out to begin the year. They lead the league in just about every statistical category, or they're very close to the top. Goff has averaged 26.2 DK points, and the Rams offense is implied for the second most points in the slate. I think he's a really good play here and one that could go overlooked, um, considering that Gurley's coming off a recent three-touchdown outing. Uh, his wide receivers are banged up, but neither Cooper Cup nor uh, Brandon Cooks practiced today on Wednesday. Um, if they're good to go, I think Goff could provide an immense ceiling and what could be a surprising shootout. If they're not good to go, I'll probably be looking elsewhere. Yeah, is this just why all the ownership's going to funnel to Winston this week, in my opinion? Just uh, such a good spot for Winston. Um, I don't know, really tough to, to move away from him. Uh, let's talk about uh, a dud and... I don't know. Uh, I guess I'll stay with you on this one, Tyler, first, because you've got Joe Flacco in here. And and I don't know. I don't hate Joe Flacco. He's got Air Yards, King, and John Brown. So I, I like that little stack together. And against Tennessee, you can beat him through the air with Malcolm Butler out there playing horrible defense. I don't hate this as much as you do. Why, are, why, why all the hate on Joe Flacco? I, honestly, it was really hard to pick a dud this week. Um, I just kind of am not that interested in this game as a whole. The game totals already dropped a point since opening. Uh, the Titans play pretty slow. They're the seventh fewest plays per game. So I think it's more of a pace and total volume than opportunity. The Titans pass coverage ranks top five, according to our metrics. They've held opposing passers to the third fewest passing touchdowns. They rank bottom 10 of fantasy points allowed to opposing QBs. So there's a couple of reasons why I'm not that interested in Flacco. If I were to play one guy from here, it would be John Brown. Uh, he's the one dart throw I'm interested in, hoping he gets some single coverage here against Malcolm Butler. Yeah, I do. John Brown's one of my favorite mid-tier wide receiver plays of the slate. Uh, Scott, you're hating on Phillip Rivers. Cleveland Browns defense, it is for real. The Browns, you know, they should be a really good team. I think they, they end up making the playoffs by the time it's all said and done. West Coast to East, lots of stuff working against Rivers. Uh, I, I think that's a pretty easy pass for me as well. Yeah, so just uh, the stats for you. They ranked second best in opposing passer rating, second best fantasy points for drop back, allowed second best schedule adjusted fantasy points for game to opposing quarterbacks. So, yep. That was defense, correct? Yeah, Cleveland's defense. We can't, there's, it doesn't matter. Defense doesn't matter. We, we know all this, Scott. <laughs> I'm just, I got to get this in here a couple of times because it's the hot topic of the week. All right, uh, Scott, let's get to your uh, opportunity segment here. Uh, you put out a great article every week. I've got it pulled up here on the screen share. Uh, Elvin Kamara kind of fell flat last week a little bit. Uh, what are you seeing here? What's some stuff, actionable players we can use that have underperformed uh, that we might want to use in DFS this week? Yeah, so I wish defenses didn't matter. It would make my job a lot easier. Basically, all you would need to do is look at uh, a player's actual opportunity score because we know the one thing that matters most is opportunity and nothing measures it better than this metric. So, you know, you can just check the data and then, then log out and it's game over. But million bucks every week. That's right. That's right. But defense does matter. Uh, I will say I've been crushing with my positive regression candidates. So two weeks ago, the top guy was Corey Davis. Number two was Jarvis Landry. Davis scored like 30 point something fantasy points. The next week, Jarvis Landry was number one. Number two was Zach Ertz. 
Zach Ertz scored 30 points something uh, fantasy points on DraftKings. Of course, played him. And he's then getting, uh, he's getting 30 this week. That's what I need so, to know. So the top guy this week is Michael Crabtree. Um, and, although that's partly a function of efficiency, he's dropped a league high eight yeah. passes. And that pretty much perfectly explains uh, the difference in his production. But he does have a good matchup this week against Mal- Malcolm Butler, who surrendered the most yards and fantasy points of all cornerbacks. Uh, and then the guy right behind him is Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know, I keep saying it. I keep talking about it. It's coming. It, I really do think it's coming. Uh, and also feel free to blame Hugh Jackson for not letting Baker Mayfield get any first team practice reps this summer. Very stupid. Guy on the opposite side, uh, Tyler Lockett, he's due for a regression. Uh, you talked about Cal- uh, Alvin Kamara. You know, actual opportunity does a good job of explaining away the differences here. Uh, what happened last season and why I'm, I'm optimistic moving forward. Eric Ebron, another guy, um, just murdering usage. We can talk about him a little bit later, I guess. Um, look at uh, Todd Gurley, who we could also talk about. I think Tyler has a hot take on him. Uh, and then if you scroll all the way to the bottom, uh, you could find our top DFS values of the week. You'll see Kiki Kuti, Jarvis Landry, Eric Ebron, Antonio Brown, top four guys on FanDuel. On DraftKings, it's Kiki Kuti again, Carlos Hyde, Michael Crabtree uh, as the top actual opportunity values. That's not including defense uh, adjustments. So just based on volume, those are the guys. You've answered one of the, the greatest questions in history. What's that? Kiki does, in fact, love you. So uh, <laughs> we're going to hold up on that one for uh, Kiki Kuti. Uh, I do like Kiki. got to see uh, Will Filler. Uh, Fuller's hamstring, that's acting up again. Uh, I think Kiki's up fine. So uh, let's go into running backs. Uh, Tyler, uh, let's start off at your stud. Uh, and I'm having a problem this week because we're going we're gonna to talk about guys like Julio Jones, and I, I want all these high-touch uh, guaranteed running backs. The problem, um, Melvin Gordon, you've got him in here, and this is a pretty tough matchup against Cleveland here. Do you see something? It's got a low total, too. They're on the road. Is this just pure attrition for Melvin Gordon, targets, red zone work, all that stuff working in his favor? Yeah, it's a tough week to pay up at RB. The top dogs are either crazy expensive, girly, or they're in less than ideal matchups. It's times like these where we have to remember that defenses don't matter and to target the running backs uh, who are in line for a bunch of touches. And I'm kidding, just not about the touches. Gordon's average over 20 touches per game. He scored six times in five games. I like this Browns game here because I think they'll do a decent job defensively against them, and it'll force Gordon to catch passes out of the backfield. That's where I think he earns his uh, keep this week uh, receiving. Um, I think he and Gurley have a very similar uh, stat line by the end of the week. In fact, our projections have them within one fantasy point. Um, Gordon's just 2K cheaper. Uh, Gurley, yeah, Gurley, we'll talk 10K. Once you get above the 9K price on DraftKings, it's very prohibitive to the rest of your team to use those players in either cash games or tournaments. So uh, you're not going to find Gurley on a lot of my teams this week. I think that's going to go along uh, with something else you're going to have to say here in a little bit. Uh, Scott, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more, a little bit lower, right? Like I'm, I'm not on Gurley. He's too much. I like him, but it's too expensive. I'm a little worried on McCaffrey in this Washington game. There's a lot. If Olsen comes back, there's a lot of miles to feed in this Carolina offense. And I, I don't think I'm paying peak price for McCaffrey. I can get behind Gordon. His usage is very secure. I'm living in kind of this next tier between Connor and Mixon to kind of anchor my teams this week. We've got a cheap Zeke Elliott as well. 
Uh, which one of these guys is going to do it for you at running back? Yeah, so it's it's honestly a co- close call. Again, you're right, Gurley is really expensive in DraftKings, though. He's more – I think he's a must-play on FanDuel. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's looking like uh, Mixon, Connor, Yeldon. I do like McCaffrey more than you. Zeke, a 7K Zeke. Um, I mean, this is a tournaments podcast. I, I don't like the upside against Jacksonville. Uh, I just don't see too much potential. I mean, he's, he's totally in play. He's, he's cheap. He's another guy like David Johnson who, you know, I'm, I'm not in love with in tournaments, but, but I, I get it at their price range. Um, but, but the guy I wrote up was, was Mixon, and it's just, uh, he's an Uber bell cow just in terms of usage this week, but he's not really priced in that range. Uh, in week one, he played 79% of the snaps, 17 carries, seven targets, 56% of the team's touches. Week two, 21 carries, one target, despite leaving about like halfway through or leaving after only playing 50% of the team's snaps. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, uh, when Mixon was out, averaged 22.6 fantasy points per game. Last week, Mixon, 78% of the snaps, all 22 of the team's carries, four of the team's six running back targets. Uh, you know, the matchup isn't great. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh has been good against running backs, but uh, Cincinnati does have the third highest total on the slate. So uh, he's, he's probably uh, one of my top guys in the position for sure. So I want to, I looked into, uh, I actually wrote a mix in for a Yahoo article I wrote this week. Um, so let me explain to you what the Steelers, if you look at their fantasy points against and stuff like this against running backs, let me, let me explain to you who they, who they played. They, they played the Chiefs in a shootout when Andy Reid was just letting Patrick Mahomes sling it all over the field, and they didn't involve Kareem Hunt. They faced the Buccaneers, who have nothing at running back. They got out to a big lead against the Falcons. They played the Browns without Baker Mayfield, an offense that wasn't able to move the ball. And then they played a tough interdivision game against the Ravens, who also don't really have any scary running backs. I don't know. I think Mixon's a really good play this week, uh, is kind of what I'm saying. You can kind of talk about – you can figure out why the Steelers look like they're pretty good against running backs. Um, and I think Mixon's in store for a pretty good game. Uh, so agree completely with you on that one. Very, very tough between him or Connor for me. I might try to use both of them. Uh, you can make that work on DraftKings pretty easily, in my opinion. Uh, another guy I'm looking at, you both got him in there. I'm going to go to Tyler on this value. Uh, TJ Yeldon, I'm really worried about uh, the number of plays in this game. We know what Dallas wants to do at home. And uh, I don't think after the Blake Bortles um, experiment Failed miserably, at least in the first half before garbage time, Blake Bortles was kind of put up a lot of stats. Uh, I don't know. I think this is going to be a really slow game, but Yeldon, he's 6,400. He's going to get all the work. I don't expect Jamal Charles signed off the bakery truck down the street or whatever he was doing now is really going to get a lot of carries. Yeah, you know, It's all about opportunity for running backs, and you got to expect, what, 20-plus opportunities here for Yeldon. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it there on the onset. Pace won't be on his side, but he should be a lock for 90% of the snaps and running back opportunities. Uh, again, we have to remember that this is a Sean Lee-less Cowboys. Uh, that run defense is completely terrible with him out of the lineup. Um, Fournette's already rolled out. Corey Grant's put on IR. Jamal Charles just shows how desperate they are for extra backup help. Yes. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he'll really contend for any kind of touches. Uh, last week was a perfect game script, though, for Yeldon. The Jags got down early, got a lot of receiving work, caught 8 of 11 targets, finished with 26.2 fantasy points. Don't think we see that same kind of game script, but I do think he sees a ton of touches rushing the ball. And again, I'm not really worried about this Cowboys defense. Yeah, he's not doing too horrible on the ground either. Uh, it's a little scary. If uh, Devontae Freeman's out, 
would you would you take the guaranteed touches from Yeldon, or you're going to save a thousand bucks with a guy like Tevin Coleman? Who's I'm I'm not convinced Tevin Coleman gets more than like sixty percent of the work for the Falcons this week. Yeah, Judge Ito is just going to snipe him there and vulture a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves Judge Ito. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if I'm going to play the Tevin Coleman trap and cash game. Should Freeman sit? Uh, Freeman popped up on the injury report today on Wednesday, so we got to see how that plays out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm done falling for the Tevin Coleman trap, but today so Scott you also had Yeldon here you want to back this up it's just you know when you get these 60 the mid six thousand dollar running backs that are going to get 20 touches or at least 20 opportunities very hard to pass them up in full PPR especially a guy like Yeldon yeah I, I'm, I'm sorry Tyler I didn't know you you wrote him up so so that was my bad um but yeah I'll I'll back up what you said uh on Tevin Coleman I'm not soul that he is an amazing value so when freeman was out uh he averaged 13.4 expected fantasy points per game that that did rank 10th most um but you know ito smith averaged 7.3 so that it is kind of like a 65 35 split which isn't you know it isn't tremendous but it is still pretty good and and he does make sense as sort of a leverage play on the passing games there um, and, and, you know, he is a value. I, I just don't think I like him as much as I like Yeldon. Uh, I, I don't really have too much to add, uh, outside of, you know, Yeldon's just going to be a massive bell cow this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think the matchup's tough, but I also don't think that matters relative to volume and price. What about, uh, a $5,900 David Johnson, uh, Scott, does that do anything for you at Minnesota? Really very, very tough to see Arizona competing in this game. Right. So now, now we've just hit on all my fades. I mean, they weren't really like strict fades. It was just guys to temper expectations on. And it was Zeke, David Johnson, and Tevin Coleman. Cause those were the three guys I was, I was seeing the most pop up uh, in, you know, sort of early week dummy lineups. Um, David Johnson, the thing with him is he hasn't seen more than four targets since week one. Uh, just really gross vile usage. I know he hit last week, but uh, that usage is bad, and it's going to be especially bad this week when they're, what, 9.5-point underdogs against the defense that's been easily best in the league, well, I guess tied with the Eagles, uh, against opposing running backs for two years now. Yeah, um, David Johnson. Not, I was interested last week, kind of got bailed out with that late touchdown. Uh, I don't know, 5,900? I, I don't know if I'm going to do that. He's, I'm just, I, I'm he's, gonna... he's still definitely in play. That's a, that's a, he's just hard to bank on. Like, he, you're, you're hoping that you know, the team finally comes to its senses and, and gives it, gives them like eight targets, which they should, but you know, there's a, there's over the past four weeks, you know, we have a sample of them just not doing that despite yeah. games with bad game script. I think my running back pool is going to be really thin this week, especially up at the top. It's going to be Gordon, Connor, Mixon. It's going to be, uh, I don't hate Jordan Howard. Uh, I don't hate Chris Thompson a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think my player pool at running backs will be pretty thin this week. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Tyler, Dud, uh, this is more a price fade. I mean, if you use Todd Gurley, you're not getting your boy Julio Jones, so it looks like no Todd Gurley for you. Yeah, Gurley, to Gurley or not to Gurley is really the question of the slate this week. Uh, total number of running, The total number of times that a running back has been priced over 10K over the past four seasons has been six. Running backs at that salary that have produced 30-plus DraftKings points is just one. So one of those six guys has been able to hit 3X value at the 10K price tag. Paying up for production is nice, but you're paying a lot for that guy. 
Uh, the one path to him hitting his 30-point outing is if Brandon Cooks or Cooper Cup are ruled out. Yeah, uh, it could, could be a check down machine. I don't know. The, the 10K price tag is just so prohibitive for both cash games and tournaments that uh, I think that's uh, – I, I might not X him out, but I, I can easily see myself with, I don't know, 5% girly across hundreds and hundreds of tournaments here this week. Just not someone uh, very high on my radar. Fan, FanDuel cash game option, but yeah, nothing yeah. on DK for me. Correct. All right, let's do uh, a couple of things here. Uh, I want to talk about Greenline uh, real quick on PFF. Let me find it here. Here it is. So I'm, I'm burying the lead here, uh, Tyler, because last week I pulled up the over-under. It was on the Patriots-Colts uh, game that was played, and Greenline had the over-under like 10 points higher. Not to be outdone this week, Greenline has the over-under of this Chiefs game at a nice 69 total points compared to the 59 on the market. Uh, did you hit up my bookie again? Uh, yeah, I'm on there right now <laughs> hitting this thing again. Uh, what can you say? It's a Gronk game where the total is 69 points. Um, I'm playing a lot of Thursday through Monday slates yes. just uh, to get some Gronk action in there. Yeah, um, when I try to point out the biggest green line discrepancy I can find on the product, and this is by far it this week. Uh, so if you like the green line product, I think it's hit from the uh, the things I pulled up. I think I'm four and one uh, on the show of the uh, the things I pulled up. Uh, it's the biggest one every week here. Uh, go check out the, uh, the the over under on this game because this is just a PFF from all the ELO scores, everything else they got going on here, uh, predicting a lot of offense. Um, Scott, I want to talk to you real quick. Uh, I guess I can talk to Tyler uh, as well on uh, Pat Thorman snaps and pace. And normally we talk about fast pace games. But I want to talk about what Pat wrote up on the Carolina-Washington game. Because he kind of sees this. Carolina, I don't know, really situation neutral, not a fast team. Washington, not a fast team. I don't see a ton of scoring in this game. We saw Washington's inept offense on Monday night. Now they've got a short week. Uh, does either one of you have a feel in this game? I liked Cam Newton earlier in the week. I like Christian McCaffrey a little bit. I know Scott's always going to like Christian McCaffrey. Um, but Scott, what's your overall take on this game? Yeah, I mean, uh, really the only one I'd, I'd consider playing uh, in the entire game is Christian McCaffrey. And, and like you said, there, there are some reasons to be a little skeptical. He produces as he had uh, prior to Olsen's return. Um, I mean, who who on on Washington are you going to look at? Capri Bibbs, I guess, if if the two running backs sit out. But outside of that, yeah, there's just not much to like. Tyler, what do you got on this game? Yeah, I, I'm normally always trying to play Cam Newton. I just love his rushing floor, and I think he always has provide, – he provides a weekly ceiling that very few quarterbacks can match. Um, but he's. I will uh, say on that, Tyler, if you don't mind me interrupting yeah. you, is that uh, Watson uh, has, has finally eclipsed him in rushing expected fantasy points per game now. It's like they're by point zero, but by, by point one per game. But uh, so just – you know, Watson's another guy with a, a similar rushing ceiling and floor, I think. that Watson's going to get himself killed, though. Cam can handle that yeah, type that's of right. rushing. That, that is right. That is uh, right. Maybe Watson shouldn't be doing it. Take his coach's advice to get out of bounds or go down a little earlier. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Pat's article is really good. He highlights some of the fast-paced stuff. Um, a lot of it's spent on Falcons, Buccaneers. A lot of it's spent on uh, the Bengals, Steelers, you know, the high-scoring games. But I wanted to point out, uh, one of the lower scoring games because I, I was really looking at Cam Newton 
Uh, I was looking at McCaffrey a little bit. I'm a little worried on McCaffrey, just especially if Olsen plays. So many people are involved in that offense. DJ Moore is going to start commanding targets. Curtis Samuel's back in there. There's just a lot more options for them, especially in the passing game, than just dump-offs to Christian McCaffrey that we saw for the first couple of weeks. Uh, I'm a little worried, and McCaffrey's price uh, specifically on DraftKings, I don't know, just a little bit too high for my liking. So uh, just pointing out some of the fun stuff uh, here at Pro Football Focus. You can, If you like Greenline, uh, you can get that with the, uh, the premium package that gives you all of the PFF advanced stats. Uh, if you like stuff like Scott's Actual Opportunity and Thorman's article, along with countless other things, you get all the player grades and all that other stuff. Uh, I think that's 40 bucks uh, through the PFF edge over on uh, Pro Football Focus. All right, back to the plays. Uh, let's talk some wide receiver. Tyler, uh, I guess we'll just start with you. You got the jersey behind you. Um, you know, they say defense doesn't matter. Touchdowns don't matter to you, apparently. Uh, DraftKings, uh, the ultimate troll, $7,900 against Tampa Bay this week. It's staring me in the face. Uh, if you look at any projection site, he's going to jump off the charts on there uh, after they factor in the defense that may or may not matter. Um I mean, Julio has to be – I'm playing him in cash games. Um, you said pre-show. If it doesn't work, like we've been saying this, right? We've been saying this for like two years. This is the week that Julio doesn't go through. We're done playing Julio. I don't care what happens the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to agree to that because I think it's still <laughs> Julio month. Like he's still got another two or three really good games and matchups uh, on his schedule in the next few weeks. Um but this is the matchup here, the one that we want to target. The reason why I have Julio jersey behind me. Um, I've also got Crabtree in my closet ready for next week, Scott, when he breaks out. Um, but for Julio right now, I mean, I don't really know what to say. It's an incredibly soft Tampa Bay secondary. The Bucks corners are two struggling rookies and Miko Grimes' husband. Uh, Atlanta's top five in red zone trips per game. I think we finally see the multi-touchdown Julio eruption. Um He's historically done very, very well against this defense. And we're seeing this defense a shred of itself now that it's uh, scattered with so many injuries. Yeah, I saw Ian, uh, I think it was from Fantasy Labs. He posted he's got 10 career TDs against Tampa Bay. Uh, I think his most against any other team is five. So he destroys Tampa Bay. Uh, Scott, you on board with 7,900? I think, I think DraftKings, they, they did a disservice this week. I think even though he's been struggling with touchdowns, he still should have been the highest priced wide receiver on the slate. Uh, yeah, definitely up there. Um, I'm, I'm with you guys. He's, he's a guy I want to go super close to all in on, uh, Tampa Bay ranks dead last and schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to opposing wide receiver ones. Uh, since 2014, he averages 26.2 fantasy points per game across eight games against them. 34.7 went home. Um, he's coming off of a tough matchup in shadow coverage against Joe Hayden. And so he has the squeaky wheel theorem working in favor of him as well. Dan Quinn said after the game, we have to make sure he gets as many touches as we can. Um, I see an eruption spot coming. Uh, yeah. What else you got for me if it's not Julio? I mean, Mike Evans has been lighting the world on fire too, right? He's got himself a, a pretty tasty matchup here with your boy Jameis back in there. You've got A.J. Green at home against Pittsburgh and – you know, if Big Ben could ever show up uh, on a road game, that game could possibly have some fireworks. Adam Thielen, uh, I think there's only two or three people who have at least 10 targets in every game. Thielen's one of them. Uh, Antonio Brown's 8,700. Nobody's going to be using him over Julio this week. 
Uh, out of all those, which one uh, is more likely to draw some of your DraftKings dollars if for some reason you didn't want to use it? Um, so I have a cool stat for you guys. I, I just got uh, access to some more dank stats. Uh, and a new one is is uh, measuring how often uh, a receiver is targeted as the first read in uh, on a play. And Adam Thielen, like I know he's he's leading the league in targets, but he's also – leading the league in, in first read targets uh, far and away. Uh, number two actually is Zach Ertz, which is kind of interesting. But, uh, but yeah, so Adam Thielen's a guy up there. Just like what he's doing is, is on a, his, he's on a historic pace, what he's doing. And, uh, you know, why not, why not just keep, keep rolling? The, the, matchup, uh, the matchup looks good as well. Arizona funnels production to the slot. Yeah. Boom, if, you, uh, if you're on Yahoo!, He's priced like a uh, like a mid tier to high end wide receiver too. Um, he's going to be very popular on Yahoo this week, I think. So yeah, uh, I can make a case for a lot of those guys. Uh, Hopkins, if if White doesn't suit yeah. up for Buffalo, that could be a really nice spot. I, I think in the long run, I like Julio. But to, Tyler, looking at all these other guys at the top here, it's really hard to make a wrong choice if you want to swerve off Julio this week. It really is. You could pay for almost any one of these studs. Um... Scott mentioned last week being a MME week. I think uh, this could be another potential one. Uh, well, every, every week's uh, MME week. <laughs> uh, Tyler, a couple, let's go to a value play here. Now, I like my, I think my favorite is probably, uh, I like a couple. I like a guy like John Brown, who's Mr. Air Yards, if you like that. Uh, he's 5,500 at Tennessee. I like Quincy and Nunwa, who's 5,600. Uh, put up the goose egg last week, but they didn't need to pass. Uh, I think they're probably going to need to pass. He's just crushing his team and and uh, market share of targets and air yards and snap you know every, anything you'd want in a receiver. He's the number one wide receiver. I like those two in the mid range. Uh, what do you got for him? Yeah, I'm going with the guy that I think is safe for both cash and tournaments, and that's Tyler Boyd. Uh, I like attacking this Pittsburgh defense. They have a below average pass rush, allowing a ton of success with passes over the middle with Ryan Shazier out. The Steelers have allowed quality fantasy outings to slot receivers like. Jarvis Landry, who went seven for 106. Mohamed Sanu went four for 73 and one. Boyd's coming off a quiet game where the Bengals utilized A.J. Green in the slot a bit more. Green ran 44.8% of his routes from the slot versus his 27.1% uh, from weeks one through four. Uh, that left Boyd with a rather pedestrian four for 44 on five targets. Um, so A.J. Green uh, might get that Joe Hayden treatment that Julio got last week. Joe Hayden doesn't go into the slot. I think he's had like about 2% of his routes covered in the slot this year. Rarely goes in there. Um, so that means Boyd, when uh, Hayden's covering green, will have a really good matchup on the outside or in the slot against Mike Hilton or Artie Burns. Um, both those guys are very beatable. 6K isn't a real steal on Boyd for DraftKings, but I think he's a really good play on Fando at 6,300. And a safe bet for about eight or so targets. Yeah, uh, I do like a Boyd probably on Fan or on DraftKings. <clears throat> Maybe just a little bit too expensive when I like some of those other guys um, kind of right behind, behind him, uh, a little bit cheaper. But uh, I'm going to have to give Boyd uh, another look uh, over with Tyler's uh, blessing to do so. Uh, Scott's got an interesting name, uh, probably the quietest 22 targets over the past week or two weeks that you're ever going to see from a receiver and never hear, hear his name. Uh, so Scott, let's talk about Chester Rogers. Um, so yeah, Hilton, it looks like is going to be out this week. Uh, and Jack Doyle. Um, so Rogers led the Colts wide receivers and targets in each of the past two weeks. 
He averaged 18.0 expected fantasy points per game over that stretch that ranks 10th most among wide receivers. Of course, he did benefit from Luck throwing 121 passes, which is like one of the – He's going to do it again. It's like top five all time. What else are they going to do? Stretch. Yeah, but that, that's the counter for sure. Um, I, I, think, I think he's a better play than Taylor Gabriel – um, maybe not a better play than Josh Reynolds, depending on uh, Cooper Cup and, and Brandon Cooks, where they stand. And I, I think I like Mohamed Sanu maybe a little bit more for, for large field tournaments. But uh, he also has the matchup in his favor. He's run 94% of his routes from the slot. The Jets have given up the second most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers, but the eighth fewest to outside wide receivers. Uh, and that's really a function of the Jets' uh, defensive coordinator scheme. It's it's really similar to Atlanta's in a lot of ways. And we know you attack Atlanta with pass-catching running backs, slot-wide receivers. Uh, but also it, it's backed up by talent. So it's not just the scheme. It's also talent. Uh, and that's that couldn't be more true this week with uh, Tremaine Johnson coming back and uh, Buster Screen and the concussion protocol. All right. right, let's. Uh, I want to throw a couple more names out. And I don't know if I'm going to start the cycle on this guy this week. Um, but he outsnapped Demarius Thomas last week. We're looking for cheap receivers. Uh, Mr. Sutton there in Denver is 3,500 on DraftKings. Uh, anyone have a hot take on Sutton this week? Yeah, he's a great bargain bin play. Marcus Peters is a shell of himself right now. He's currently our number 106 graded cornerback out of 111. He's allowed the most passing touchdowns, or I'm sorry, the most receiving touchdowns so far in the year with five and a QB rating of 131.7 when targeted against. Sutton, I mean, you got to worry about the targets, but he's a great matchup on paper here. I mean, the targets are if – if he outsnaps Demarius Thomas again, the targets are going to come. You can see this um, – them really having to pass in this game, in my opinion. Uh, Scott Sutton for 3,500. He's someone I'm eyeing quite heavily right now. Yeah, so I, I actually almost wrote him up for the actual opportunity article. He, uh, is that, he He's one of my top positive regression candidates. He's averaging 10.4 expected, but only 6.4 actual. And 10.4 expected is pretty good, uh, and it does make him look like uh, a value. Um, Marcus Peters is like an ideal matchup. He's he's clearly banged up. He's clearly not right, uh, and that's backed up by the production he's given up. Uh, he's given up five touchdowns over the, the last three weeks, um, 250-plus yards over the last three weeks. Uh, I will say, though, that, that Sutton's going to move around the line of scrimmage quite a bit, so he's not going to spend the entire day against him, but – uh, he will get the plurality of his routes against Peters. Uh, Scott, you mentioned Kiki earlier. Uh, even if Will Fuller suits up and is fine, the hamstring's good, are, are you still okay using Kiki? Yeah, so I, I think it's a, an ideal matchup for someone like him because he, he's seeing really good target volume, but he has like an dot of like 2.3. Um, and we know Buffalo is one of the toughest defenses to pass on uh, deep, and that's been the case for a number of years now. Uh, so that would hurt Will Fuller regardless. And then you have Tredavious White, one of the top cornerbacks in the league, shadowing DeAndre Hopkins. So, you know, how do you target Buffalo? This is why, uh, you know, I, I was I was all in on Keenan Allen last year against Buffalo uh, in that spot he smashed because you, you target them deep with the slot wide receivers over the middle of the field. And, you know, it, it looks good for him. And like I said, you know, based on actual opportunities, he's a, he's a top value. Um I, I'm probably not going to have too much exposure to him, but but I do like him. Yeah, um, and I want to ask you too with Higgins out in Cleveland, Landry. Uh, he's got double digit targets in four of his five games. Obviously, as a really good quarterback, he's been in your opportunity article a couple of times. 
price probably, uh, I don't know, it's a fair price for him, 6600 I don't think it's too high. I don't think it's too low. I think it's about right. Um, I think I think it's I think it's too low. I think he should be priced uh, a good deal higher than that. Uh, based on his usage, it's been phenomenal. Uh, you know, I probably would have talked about him again this week, but you know, I have to cut myself off at some point. But yeah, he, he's a massive positive regression candidate, and uh, you know, the matchups I don't think ideal, but you know, um, it, it's good. It's good enough to make him a value. And then Tyler, I know you're using Julio, but Sanu, I mean, he's forty eight hundred. It's Probably still too cheap in this matchup. Three straight weeks of double-digit fantasy points. Not just double-digit, but 15-plus on DraftKings at 4,800. That gets it done. Uh, do you got anything on Sanu? Like, can you just use anybody in the in the Falcons passing game? I don't really see why you can't. Uh, Falcons and Tampa Bay. So I kind of like going to the bottom of the well for either of these teams. Sanu being the one guy, a lot of targets across the middle. Buccaneers aren't covering anybody. But on the other side of the ball, I kind of like Adam Humphreys is a really cheap play. Great leverage play off the chalky Cameron Brait. Uh, Humphreys could see those underneath targets that the running backs typically see against Atlanta, considering that they don't really have a running back that they want to uh, run out there. Ronald Jones can't catch the ball, right? That was a big knock coming yeah, out of college. Adam Humphreys', Adam Humphreys. Oh, Adam Humphreys uh, eruption game for 3,200. Heard it from Tyler here first on uh, the Pro Football Focus Show. All right, let's go to tight ends. Uh, we'll wrap this up. Uh, everybody wants to play at Cameron break this week. Uh, Scott, you, uh, you've mentioned a couple times. First off, in what world do we live in where Eric freaking Ebron is the <laughs> highest priced tight end on a slate? I get it, but that's just because it's such a garbage position, which I think this is why everyone's on break. Scott He's 3,700. Um, you know, you got some fun stats here on break. So uh, I'll let you get to it. Um, how much time do we have? We've got approximately seven to eight minutes. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two minutes here. No, no, no. So I gotta I gotta reel us back a little bit to to Ebron. Uh, he's really not egregiously priced. So I know he's uh, not. It's just it's it's Eric Ebron. Oh, that, okay, that's fair. But but I will say actual opportunity over the past three weeks, uh, only four players total more expected fantasy points than he does, and that's Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins, and Antonio Brown. So like elite, elite usage, uh, 35 targets, second most, 350 air yards, that's 10th most, eight end zone targets, that's easily most. So really good volume for him. Cameron Bray, uh, all in. I've been all in for two weeks. Don't care what the ownership percentage is. Um, you know, if OJ Howard plays, that changes things, but I'd be shocked if he plays. I don't think he does. Uh, so throughout his career, Jameis Winston has averaged a pass rating of 120.7 when targeting tight ends that ranks second best among active quarterbacks. Only Tom Brady ranks higher. Uh, Winston ranks bottom five when targeting slot and outside wide receivers. Ryan Fitzpatrick has almost the reverse splits. Um, That's why I said uh, during the off season, uh, I thought Fitzpatrick starting the first few games was actually a boost for Evans and Jackson. But anyway, 41% of Winston's career touchdowns have gone to tight ends. That's easily most in the NFL. The league average is like 26%. And since last year, it's been 55% of his touchdowns. And so six, since week one of last season, Brate averages 10.7 fantasy points per game in games Jameis played. You know, that doesn't seem like a lot, but in like a really brutal year for tight ends, that actually ranks eighth most, that would rank eighth most this season. And as a team, we know Tampa Bay ranked fourth uh, in team tight end yards, third in team tight end touchdowns. But, you know, now there's, there, there's only one of them with OJ Howard very likely out. Uh, and so he's just, you know, 
priced egregiously. If, uh, if yeah. Howard plays, right, he suited up today yeah. in a limited fashion. He did have a brace on his leg. The MCL injury is typically, I'm reading off the thing here, a two- to four-week injury. This would be, you know, a very early time for him to come back. If Howard plays, are you playing Brady? Um, I'm going to reduce exposure heavily um, for sure. And, it, it, you know, it, it muddies things because I, I, everyone wants to play Jameis, but there's there's a bunch of different guys you can you can play him with, you know. We've seen what Jackson's done in this scheme. Cutter's been talking up Jackson nonstop all offseason. He's been one of PFF's highest-graded uh, receivers three years in a row now, number one this year. And he was getting open last year. For whatever we- reason, Winston was always like a yard or two off on the throws. And then Evans, you know, volume hawk, Godwin, uh, he's totally in play. Uh, you want to play Atlanta uh, slot wide receivers against Atlanta uh, so he's going to be in the slot, the second most, you know, Humphrey's the most, but like screw him. Uh, and then, uh, and then we, know, I, I just talked about how much Jameis loves tight ends. So, you know, it's tough. It, it muddies things. Uh, I, I might pivot more to Ebron who I do like, but yeah. All right, Tyler, uh, let's talk non Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait is the play should OJ Howard sit. And I think we're going to see, we're going to see Brait. This is going to be, uh, he's going to top the, uh, Eric Ebron ownership when Ebron was like 3,600 and everybody knew he was going to have a big game. Everybody's going to be on break should Howard sit out, but we want to do something different. What else are we doing here? I'm looking at guys maybe like Hooper, right, for Atlanta. That's still fine. He had the big game. He's going to have a couple more big games this season. Uh, I don't mind going back to Vance McDonald, who really put up the goose egg. Maybe they need him a little bit, and instead of being 24% owned like he was in the Million Acre, He's going to be like 2% owned, so I'm much more apt to, to get a little bit more exposure to Vance McDonald. Um, you go down a little cheaper, it gets really dirty. You want to talk a little bit about Ricky Seals-Jones, but uh, I don't know if you're just making stuff up or you need someone to talk <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Uh, so it's process over results, right? So we had zero points last week, so we don't like those results. Yeah, but we like the process where he saw six targets. Um, since Josh Rosen has taken over, RSJ leads the Cardinals in air yards. It's a very beatable matchup here against the Vikings. Minnesota has allowed at least 90 yards receiving in three of five to their opponent's top tight end. And the Cardinals should be throwing a lot here. They're 10.5-point road dogs. Just 2,700. He won't take much to hit value if they can finally connect on some of those deep air yard passes. Yeah, uh, Njoku, lots of targets, but uh, it's a really tough matchup. Uh, going up against uh, San Diego, I uh, forget the safety's name off the top of my head. Um, but he looks really good this year, shutting down tight ends. I think that's one of the toughest matchups you can have for a tight end. Um, Trey Burton coming off the bye slightly – or no, yeah, was that a bye? Yeah, they had a bye. Yeah, yeah. yeah they had the bye last week. And then, uh, you know, Cook or Reed, one of those guys can go off. Jordan Reed, uh, just a pretty horrible game last time out. Can't believe uh, the Redskins really couldn't do anything against the Saints, but it is what it is. Uh, Scott, what do you what do you come in? I mean, you could find a lot of duds here. I just talked about Njoku uh, a little bit here. He's on your dud list. Uh, you share the same feeling as me. Uh, I mean, the volume is definitely there. I, I just want to say, you know, Chargers might be the best tight end matchup in football. Maybe the Saints, but but it's one of those two. Outside of a 82 yard catch allowed to George Kittle a few weeks ago, Chargers easily ranked best and schedule adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to tight ends since week one of last season. They've held uh, Jared Cook and Kelsey to a combined 26 yards. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned it, but I do like Cooper. Uh, obviously, just like everyone in that game. That's the clear. Fun. That's the clear swerve off. Right, those two guys. I would imagine 
the combined ownership of those two and the millionaire maker this week is going to approach 50%. Like yeah. insane, insane for, and the bus rates of tight ends, I don't care what type of matchup you're in bus rates of tight ends are some of the highest you'll find at any position. So just, uh, just thoughts to keep in mind as you approach uh, later in the week and start making uh, actual teams. Uh, Tyler, we'll get out of here uh, with this. What's your dud at tight end this week? Uh, it's Trey Burton, a guy that you men- brief- uh, men- excuse me, mentioned briefly. Uh, Dolphins have allowed the six fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. They haven't allowed a double-digit fantasy adding to a single tight end, nor have they allowed one to reach the end zone. This total's already dropped two points since its opening, and I imagine it's going to drop more. Very few fantasy-friendly pieces here in this matchup. Weren't last year the Dolphins, like, every tight end went bananas against them, and then this year no tight ends going nuts against them? Rashad you- Jones is healthy. <laughs> Minka, uh, who do, is that Minka? Is Minka doing that? Uh, I think it's Rashad Jones that mainly covers them, at least from our tight end matchup chart. All right. So uh, no Trey Burton, 4,500. Uh, Going to be interesting to see. Uh, we don't have projected ownership up yet. Uh, usually it's up by now, but I don't see it. Um, but the ownerships on Breit uh, at the tight end position are uh, going to be extremely high uh, by the time it's all said and done. So I think that's going to wrap it up uh, for the Pro Football Focus Show this week. I will not be here next week. Uh, I'm going on vacation. I don't know who's subbing in for me yet. Uh, Dan will uh, get that to you guys here. But uh, miss me next week. I'll be in Disney uh, having a fun week with my girlfriend out there. So, um, Tyler, it's been fun. Scott, thanks for all those dank scats. Real quick, Scott, how do you get access to all this super-duper PFF top-secret data? Like you just said, it's like two years, three years, four years. You just keep getting more data as you keep on working there? <laughs> yeah, I think so. And you, I'll, I'll never leave because I know there's even more data. I don't That's how to keep you around. That's right. They pay me in dank stats. <laughs> just dangle data in front of you. All right. We're, <laughs> we're going to get out of here, guys. Uh, thanks to Scott and Tyler uh, for coming on board with me. Uh, we got the Roto World Show coming right after this, and that's always the fun show. Uh, and thanks to all you guys for watching. I'm Britt, uh, and we out you.